Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Father Lord, we thank you for your tangible presence that is so strong. Thank you for your spirit that is permeating this room. Thank you for what you're doing amongst us. Most importantly, thank you for that which you have started in us. Thank you for the spiritual deposits that has now been poured into us. Thank you for the jar of your power that is now residual in us. Thank you for the illumination that has now occurred with us. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. All right, let me give you one minute to just thank him. And just say thank you. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful, Lord. Only you can do these things. Only you can move this way. I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful. In Jesus' name, we have worshipped. All right, can you put your hands together for the Lord, everyone? Before you take your seats, look at your neighbor and speak over your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I pray over you this day that the hand of the Lord will be very strong upon your life. And in the name of Jesus, that which you have received at the next conference, every deposit in you at the conference would bring about tangible fruits that would daze your world. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Put your hands together for the Lord, and you may be seated. Glory be to God. Amen. All right. How was Next Conference 2021? Ah. <laughs> Amen. Was he a blast? Can you recover? Praise the Lord. All right. First and foremost, this morning, I just want to, you know, celebrate every one of you for the hard work towards the conference. Can you please just celebrate yourself? You know, you guys are simply amazing. Please celebrate yourself. Celebrate yourself. Please, 
um, the dedication, the tenacity, the, the, the heart of service for the conference. Amen. I'm just really, really blown by your genuine love to see God rule and reign in your generation. I'm just really blown to see that there are actually people in our time and in our generation that really desire more of God. I mean, it was a three-day conference, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and you guys kept on showing up and up and up and up. And not just showing up, the hunger, the thirst, you know, was so real. And, you know, not just only that, your dedication to service your, I mean, it was just unbelievable. So I want to celebrate every one of you. Please give yourself a big round of applause one more time. Um, I also want to celebrate every walker in the new Ikeja. All right. Please celebrate every, every team from the media to the Shutterbox to Resonance to um, the governors or to the cell groups and everybody. I mean, the ushers, the protocol. I mean, put your hands together for a fantastic, fantastic job. I want to also celebrate the Powerhouse members. Every member of the Powerhouse, that's the leadership of the new. Please celebrate them. Well done, well done, well done. And finally this morning, let's celebrate the pastorate of the new. All right. Well done, well done, well done. Great, great job. I mean, I, I was really tripped or blown as it were by the continuous sacrifice of everyone you're giving i mean All right. And I want to just say um, two things about the next and I get into my message this morning. Um, the first thing I want to say to every one of you is, the Bible says that faith cometh by what? Hearing. Do I have Bible scholars in the house? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And what? Hearing. Let's say it again. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Okay, let me look this way. I'm, I'm not trying to. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And what? All right, so I, I say something. If you listen very closely to the teachings at the next conference, there is no way in the world you would be able to understand every single thing that was said during the conference. There's no way. It feels like there was so much. How many of you felt that way? There was so much just being thrown at us at the same time. It was. It was just too much. And the only way you can get the fullness of that is actually to go back to the messages of the conference. 
I want to beg you, I want to implore you, all right? The conference is not over. In fact, I always like to put it this way, that the conference actually starts when the conference is over, all right? So go back to those messages. You can go on our YouTube page. It's all on the YouTube platform. Or you can go, or I, I, media, I don't, if it, is it on the website already? All right, it's on the website. All right, so you can just go to the website. The website is www.wearethenew forward slash cassettes, right? And just go and download the messages and listen to it again. At some point, I couldn't write again. How many of you were like me? I, I mean, I just lost, I mean, there's what, know what to write again. It was just too much. All right, so you go back because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is how you practice, you know, and get the fullness of the deposit that the Lord, you know, uh, brought to us with the conference. So you go back and listen to those messages over and 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 over again. In the city of Ephesus, the Bible says, so mightily grew the word and prevailed. All right? So let the word of God grow on your inside. And how do you do that? Just by studying and staying on the word. Go back to every message of the next conference. There's something. In fact, someone said, one of the speakers said to me that it seems as though every line of the next conference is a curriculum on its own. Every word, it's a curriculum on its own. And that's so powerful. So go back to that. Number two, um, just before I get into my message, number two is that the parable of the sower actually interprets the parable of the doer. And so it's not enough to listen to the word. We get blessed by practicing the word. So look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, should I tell you how you get blessed? It's when you practice the word. And so ask your neighbor, neighbor, would you practice the word? Get a response from your neighbor. All right, all right then. <laughs> That's how you get blessed, right? by practicing the word. And so everything that has been taught to you at the conference, how do you get the fullness of it is when you then practice what you've been taught. Amen. All right, raise your Bible if you have one and say, this is my Bible. Come on, church. This is my Bible. Okay. If you have your phone boo, or if you have a phone that has a Bible or iPad, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I believe what it says I am. I would do what it says I should do. The word of God is my final authority. And I believe the word. Say it again. I believe the word above every other thing. Come on, child. Let me hear you. I believe the word above every other thing. I believe the word above every experiences given to man on earth the word of God is my experience and is my final authority somebody say amen praise the Lord all right father in the name of Jesus Christ we ask that your word would come to us this morning unhindered uninterrupted by any satanic influence or activity we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that you would speak your word to our spirit so that all that you have poured into us at the next conference, we can interpret it and we can be doers of it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and we ask for revelation knowledge that our eyes will be open to see. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I want us to sing a song just before I get into the word. Um, it's been ringing in my spirit a lot. Um, generation after generation, keep praising you. Do you know it? No one sums you up. And I ask the Lord, what name treats you? All right. So we're going to sing that song together. My way, you know the song, yeah? All right, everyone, just shut your eyes and just raise your hands to God and let's sing that song. Generations after generations keep praising you, yet no one turns you up. Then I ask the Lord, what name fits you? chapter 12 verse 22 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 praise the Lord Hebrews 12 verse 22 let's read this together everyone everyone let's read this together one two ready read pause a little bit pause a little bit let's take it again one two ready read Next verse. Next verse. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Next verse. So let's go back to verse 22 of that same verse. Verse 22. Praise the Lord. 
Let's read it again. One, two, ready, read. Pause. Where did you come to? Where did you come to? Where did you come to? All right, now, what is entailed in Mount Zion? Now, let's read that. One, two, ready, go. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Next verse. Next verse. All right, possibly. Let's go back to that verse 22 again. I want to show us something here. So that when we begin to teach about Zion, you actually have an understanding of what we are talking about. For the next one month, my job is to break all that we've learned at the next conference down to us. So that we are not just excited and just say, why wow, it was so powerful, it was so great. But we don't know how to translate what we've taught, what has been taught us, taught to us. All right. So let's go back again. Look at it very well. So when someone says to you, you are in Zion, this helps you to understand what is entailed in Zion. What you have in Zion. As a member of the body of Zion, <laughs> or as a citizen of Zion, what are the things that I have available to me in Zion? So let's read it again. One, two, ready, read. For ye have come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable companies of angels. Next verse to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Next verse. To Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So, have you seen what you have in Zion? That the moment... You give your life to Christ. You are blood-bought, blood-washed, and you've come to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit now resides inside of you. This is what is made available to you. Now, remember this. You are not living out of Zion. You are living in Zion. Now, let me take it to another level for you, that you are actually not living inside Zion. Zion is living inside you. Let me say it again. You are actually not just living inside Zion, but Zion is living inside of you. This morning, I'm talking about Babylon has fallen. And I want you to follow me very closely because I'm going to be saying some very, very deep things that would help break down what you've learned at the next conference. Now, turn your Bible with me to Revelation chapter 18, verse 10. Revelation chapter 18, verse 10. Somebody say, I love the word of God, and I love to be taught the word of God. All right. Revelation 18, verse 10. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, read. Just a few people are reading. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, read. 
Alas, alas, the great city Babylon. This morning, my topic or the title of the message is Babylon has fallen. And I would teach from where I stopped at the next conference. And this would also buttress some of the things that DDK spoke about and help us to have an holistic view of some of the things that Pastor Kwaju also taught about during the conference. And so when you listen to all of this, it will be like a meal for you so that you can have good understanding and know how to use what you have learned. Turn your Bible with me to the book of Daniel as I start. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. You read verse 3, I'll read verse 4, and then you read verse 5. Are you ready? 1, 2, ready, you read. Children in whom there is no blemish, but well-favored, underline that word. Another version actually says young people. Young people in whom there is no blemish. Number two, well-favored. Number three, skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge. Number four. Number five, understanding science. That science is talking about there in modern term. I think is the TPV version that says understanding technology. But I'm going to come to that. Number six, such as an ability to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learnings and the tongues of the Chaldeans. Now, there are three, four things you will pick from this verse of scripture that Ashpenaz was told to go and look for. You know, I said to you at the next conference that Ashpenaz, Ashpenaz represents the recruiting spirit of Babylon. Which means this is the personality, and I said to you, that Asphenas doesn't necessarily mean Lucifer or Satan or the devil. It actually means structure and system sometimes that is being designed to pull people away from Zion into Babylon. And so this recruiting spirit, as it were, Asphenas has been given a clear mandate of the kind of people in, Bab in Zion he should go and look for to bring into Babylon. Because I said to you during the next conference that Babylon never makes anything new. Babylon never starts anything. Babylon is always looking for finished products. And that's why Asphenaz is the one who is being sent to, 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 to Zion so that he can shop in Zion so that people in Zion can then move to Babylon. And so there were five things that were there that the, that, that the king had told Asphenaz to take a look at. And this is the criteria for those who would be elected from Zion to move into Babylon. Number one, young children, young people. And so sometimes I wonder, why is it that the devil is always after the younger generation? I'll share a story with you guys. I mean, I don't mean to use this as anything, but I'll share a story with you guys. A particular guy, one time I heard this story and it really broke my heart. One day, he used to work in a bank, so he left the bank and went to somewhere, another state. And so he got to that state, 
And he called his brother, his, I think his cousin and something like that, and he was talking to his cousin, and he was telling his cousin, asking his cousin questions about how he's tired and how he's tired of life and how he has you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. And his cousin just calmed him down and said, okay, do you want to leave your job? Okay, don't quit your job yet. Come to Lagos first. You know, why are you staying alone? Why are you staying in isolation? By the way, let me say something to you, very powerful. The moment you begin to find yourself in a zone of isolation, know that you are being cornered by the mighty one, which is the devil. <laughs> the moment you start finding yourself in constant isolation, and I'm going to go there in a moment in our message. Now, this guy, what he did was his uncle eventually, you know, spoke to him and just begged him to come to Lagos. So he came back to Lagos and stayed with them in Lagos. So one, one fateful day, they were all in the house and they went out to play. They went for evening jogging, like they always do as a family. So they went for evening jogging and they came back. At the time they came back, he sat down somewhere and he was pressing his phone. This guy. And they started to notice that withdrawal symptoms from him, but not really because he was jogging with them, he went out with them, everything. Nothing, you know, to be suspect, suspicious about. So it was there. So they went to jog, they went inside, they were aired, da 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 da. As at 12 o'clock, I mean, everyone was even asking him. In fact, what was very interesting about this story, and it's a real life story, it's not make believe. What was very interesting about this story was that his sister, his elder sister, that morning just felt that she needed to come and see her brother, right? You know, what's going on with you now? Why are you on, on your own? Why are you isolated? Well, you know, and all of that. Say, oh, I'm fine. I mean, went to jog with them. So everybody just assumed that, oh, this guy is okay now. So what happened? They went, they finished the jogging. They went home, and they all went into the sitting room. They were eating. Everybody went, slept off. As at 12 a.m. in the morning, somebody came to their house and was hitting the gate. So the person in the sitting room was just one person in the sitting room, woke up and was wondering, ah, is there a thief in the house or what's going on? So the person ran and opened the door. The moment the person ran and opened the door, they started shouting the guy's name. What's going on? He was outside. At the time, this is real life story. As at the time they met him outside, they came outside, he was burnt with fire. Let me tell you what happened. All along where he was sitting down on, he was sitting down on a jerry can. Now, I'm not saying this story to make a few, but I'm going somewhere with this. He was sitting down on a jerry can. The jerry can he was sitting on was, was fuel, petrol, inside that jerry can. The time he was pressing his phone, he was actually Googling how to burn yourself alive. So what happened, listen, what happened was that he took the fuel and poured it on himself and lit the match, matches and burnt himself alive. By the time they were going there, and they got there to try and douse the fire, took him to the hospital, he said they shouldn't even take him, da 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 da, and he passed from there. I've always wondered why the battle is always with young people. See, Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30, and sometimes don't be deceived because when you see the TV or Passion of the Christ, you just think that Jesus was maybe in his 50s or his 70s or his 70s because the Jesus, the mighty one. Jesus was just 30 when he started ministry. And so if you really would calculate at the time the, the enemy came to tempt Jesus, he would actually be in this age bracket we all are in. It's always the battle of the young. The enemy is not looking for the old. The enemy is always looking for the young. And as far as the recruiting spirit understood that, and that's why they gave him the prototype of the kind of people that he should go and look for. He said they have to be young children. 
This is why Jesus was very particular. He said, let all the young people, let the children come to me. Because he understands that the devil cannot perpetuate. Let me tell you something, guys. When God wants to find a man, he's always looking for people in generation. And remember, when we say the word generation, it doesn't mean age. It talks about dispensation of what God is doing in the current time. And so the devil as well is always looking for young people to, to use. And so the first thing Asphenas looked for is that they were young. And this is the battle. It's a constant battle. And that's why in our generation, you would see people, you know, I was reading something um, um, some weeks ago, I can't remember, that the most Googled thing, um, 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 I, I, I think, yeah, was mental health or something like that. You have more people in our generation who have more mental health challenges than more physical body challenges. Yes or no? We have more people who are actually depressed. And it's a, it's a war that is ongoing in Babylon. And so, Ashfina said, okay, let's go and look for these young people. Because if you read the Bible and you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, you probably just think that these people were older people. They were in their youths. They were in their youths. When did Joseph become prime minister? In his young age. In this prime of our lives. And that's why some of the conversations we're having now are very pivotal and very important that at this prime of our lives, we must pay attention to what the Lord is doing and also the signals of what the devil is trying to do. Glory be to God. Number two thing that you see right there in this text that we read is that they were well favored. So it means that Zion people are favored people. Glory to God. Raise your two hands and say after me, I'm favored of the Lord. The Bible says Jesus grew in what? In wisdom, in stature, and what? With favor with God and with men. And so just because things are not going the way you want them to go doesn't mean you are not favored. Somebody say amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm favored. I'm favored. Because it's in your DNA. It's who you are. As a Zion person, you are favored. In fact, it's even the favor of the Lord that brought you into Zion. It's for the message of the Lord that we are saved. Amen? Amen. Ah. So he said, go and look for them. Well favored. Number two, or rather, pardon me, number three, skillful in wisdom and knowledge. Skillful in wisdom and knowledge. Let me say something to you. And this is something I want you to take and hold very dear to your heart. When we pray Ephesians 1, 18, let's go and let's open it. Ephesians 1, 16, let's read from there. Everyone, we're going to read together. Ephesians 1, 16. I'm building up my message. I just want you to follow me. 1, 2, ready, read. Let's read together. 1, 2, ready, read. Cease not to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next verse. That the eyes... All right, pause there. This spirit of wisdom that we are praying for, where is the spirit of wisdom? No, there's no right or wrong answer to this one. This spirit of wisdom we are praying for. 
that the Lord of our, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is this spirit of wisdom coming from above? Huh? The Bible says, Christ has been made unto me wisdom. So the wisdom of God is in you. Say it after me. The wisdom of God is in me. I'm a wise man. Or I'm a wise woman. So the wisdom is not coming from above. The wisdom is coming from, is within you. Now the difference here is this, that illumination is when your eyes pop open to see that which is inside of you. Do you understand what I just said now? Illumination is when your eyes pops open to see that which is actually residual inside of you. And so Ashwinas went to look for people who had wisdom. And that's why I want to say to you this morning, for some of you that maybe your parents or your boss at work or your colleagues, and just because they sucked you at work doesn't mean you are not a wise person. You don't interpret experiences in life or your life experiences with your reality. Your reality is what the Word of God says. Your reality is different from your experience. We must learn to separate this thing. You cannot be saying that I am, your experiences is not your reality. There is only one reality that you have, and that's what the Word of God says. Say it after me. My reality is what the, law, what the Word of God says. My experiences are not my reality. My reality has been known before time. My reality is hidden in eternity before time. So I only work in the reality of the now. Glory to God. Did somebody get that? So just because you were sacked from work or just because somebody told you that, oh, you don't know anything, or maybe when you were growing up, you were always carrying lasts, you just feel as though you are not a wise person. No. The moment you give your life to Christ, he shared his nature. The nature is the very life. It's called Zoe. The very life of God. And that life in it is the wisdom of God. So it's not only the life that quickens your mortal body. It's the life that gives you divine access to wisdom. <laughs> because sometimes we teach Zoe from the point of view that all that, if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead quickens our human spirit, our, our mother bodies, is, it, no, no, no. Sometimes that's how it's been taught. But that spirit is the fullness of all that God is, all that God has, and all that God can do. Let me say it again. Say after me, the life of God in me is all that God has all that God is and all that God can do. Is God wise? Yes, sir. Do you have his life in you? Yes, sir. Are you wise? Yes, sir. So never in your life again say, I don't know what to do. Uh-uh. You know what to do. Say it again. I know what to do. At all times. You know why? Because what you ought to do is yeah. <laughs> what you ought to do is here. And the Holy Ghost inside of you, you know the Holy Ghost is not external. You know the Holy Ghost is in you. Aha. The Holy Ghost inside of you will teach you and guide you on what to do per time. This is what Asphinas knew, that the wisdom upon these people is not by age. That's why wisdom is not by age. Oh. 
Wisdom is a spirit, the spirit of wisdom, and that's Christ himself. Are you hear what I'm saying? All right. So, number three, because of time. Ah. Pastor Ladi, are you fast forwarding the time? Ah. I've not even started. <laughs> All right, let me run quickly. Number three, I said skillful wisdom, blah, blah, blah. Number four, understand science. Number five, has the ability to stand before kings. So let's run. Daniel chapter 1 verse 5. Let's read Daniel chapter 1 verse 5 now. Daniel chapter 1 verse 5. Daniel chapter 1 verse 5. All right. Church, can we read this together? Everyone, one, two, ready and read. So this means that Babylon actually has a spiritual meal plan. Babylon has a spiritual curriculum. (laughs) Babylon has its own diet. And so when Babylon sees Zionians, let's give ourselves a name, they then take their meal plan and give you as someone in Zion. Because the moment you eat of Babylon's meal plan, you become Babylon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the configuration for Daniel was for him to partake of that Babylon's meal plan so that he can become Babylon. But Daniel said, no. I'm not going to partake of Babylon's meal plan, of Babylon's spiritual meal plan. You know why? Because in Zion, we have our own meal plan. So this morning, I'm come to teach you of the meal plan of Zion. Because if you are fed of the meal plan in Zion, you can stand against Babylon. Because Babylon doesn't respond to your talk. Peter, I know, or Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, who are you? They are not talking about a recognition of your face. They are actually talking about your diet. That's why Jesus said to ah, Jesus said that this kind go not out but by prayer and fasting. So he was telling them about a meal plan he's partaking of that they are not partaking of. So when the demons saw them, they were not talking about, oh, I know Peter, Paul by face. It's not facial recognition. It's not a scanner. He's actually talking about a meal plan, a diet, a spiritual diet that, that Zion people have undertaken that can make them stand against Babylon. That's what I want to teach us this morning. Because there's a meal plan. So this is what Daniel said. Don't give us this food. Leave us with what we are used to. But after so, 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 and so days, let us go and meet the king. We will then know who has the right meal plan. Because the people who meet the king are the people with the right meal plan. Let me tell you something, guys. Do you know why people join politics and after six months, you look at their life and say, but this person was a Christian. He was a, he was a this, he was a that, he was a leader, he was a this, da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, now they've joined politics, you can't see the trace. It's because they started a meal plan, but they didn't complete it. Because Babylon has its own meal plan, and Zion has its own meal plan. But Babylon will always want to give you their own meal plan. And many of us, we've eaten Babylon's meal plan unknown to us. But we want to teach this morning on Zion's meal plan. Are we ready for school this morning? 
Are you ready for school this morning? All right. Turn your Bible with me to first to Daniel chapter 1 verse 12. Daniel chapter 1 verse 12. We're going to read from verse 12 to verse 13. 1, 2, ready, read. Come on, church. Pass it. This is Bible school we are trying to do this one because I'm trying to build the basis. So we're going to read it together. All right? One, two, ready, read. Next verse. All right, have you seen that? This was Daniel's response to that. Now, for you to partake of Zion's meal plan. How many of you, how many of you are from are in Zion? Let me see your hands up. How many of you in Zion? Ah. Wait, drop it. Let's be sure we are in church. If you belong to Babylon, let me see your hands up. Daniel. Okay, All right. If you belong to Zion, let me see your hands up. <laughs> I'll say something very powerful, which is where I'll build my basis of my message. For you to partake, before we even start talking about the new plan, because some of you might think the fast, fasting and prayer is the new plan we are talking about here. Wait. Before we start talking about the new plan, in Zion the meal plan in Zion is given to those who would come to Mount Moriah wait and I will explain what I mean by that the meal plan is given to those who would come up either to Mount Moriah and let me explain what Mount Moriah means to you Mount Moriah is a place of sacrifice. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to verse 14, you would see God told Abraham, God gave Abraham the promise and blessed Abraham with a son. Then God then told Abraham that come and sacrifice your only son, not Ishmael, Isaac. Bring him up the mountain, Mount Moriah, was the exact location God said to him to bring his son to. Now, it takes four days for Abraham to climb up the hill under the mountain of Mount Moriah. It means that even the journey to Mount Moriah itself is sacrificed on its own. So he got up to Mount Moriah, which is called the mountain of sacrifice. The mountain of sacrifice. So he put his son right there on that mountain. He was going to offer him up as a seed or a sacrifice to God. You know what? Let's read that scripture so that we can have context. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 22. Glory be to God. Genesis 22. And let's read from verse, let's read verse 3. One, two, ready, read.
Verse 4. All right, move to verse 7. Verse 7. My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp of the bond? Amalama. He said, Where are you taking me to? All right, let's keep going. Verse 8. <laughs> you know what? Let's give Abraham a round of applause. That is one of the biggest faith statements in the Bible. God said, go and offer. But he said against what God said. This is what they say that who against hope believed in hope. Against what God said. He said, don't worry, my son. God would offer himself. Say, Let's keep going. Verse 9. Alright, let's move to verse 14. Verse 14. Now, media, can you take me to that picture that I sent to you guys? That was a picture I shared with you guys. I want you all to follow me closely because this is where I'm going to this morning. If you look at this picture, because I did a bit of a study on what, look at me everyone, look at me, don't get distracted so that you can understand what I want to teach you. Look at me. I did a bit of a study on Mount Moriah. There are three things you need to understand about this mountain, the mountain of sacrifice. Another set of people call it, um, in Greek, it's actually called the mountain of teaching. Mount Moriah was the place in which Abraham offered up Isaac as sacrifice. It is in this same mountain that Jesus was crucified. That's the place of Golgotha. It was upon this same mountain Solomon built the temple of the Lord in Mount Moriah. You know what? Open your Bible to 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. Just follow me everyone. 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. Thank you Lord. We are talking about the new plan for Zion. 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. Let's read this together. 1, 2, ready, read. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in where? Where? Alright, let's keep going. Where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place All right, so take the picture back again so that you can see the activity of Mount Moriah because God is saying that the people who are going to feast on the meal plan of Zion must first feast from the point of Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah right there means a life of sacrifice. The life of sacrifice. I'll give you an example. This is Salem. How many of you remember Melchizedek? The king of Salem. You remember, right? That the place in which he met Abraham was on the journey to Mount Moriah. That was where the intersection of meeting Abraham happened. 
if you look at the cherishing floor of the temple where Solomon built the altar of the Lord, which is the temple of the Lord. In fact, let me say something to you. If you read 2 Kings, I think it's 2 Kings, let me look at the scripture again. 2 Samuel chapter 24 verse 18 to 21. Go and read it at home. David actually went to buy the place, the altar, the cherishing floor from which the altar of the Lord was built, the temple of the Lord was built upon Mount Moriah. Then his son Solomon built the temple upon Mount Moriah. So you see there, now for activity, the connection in Salem with Melchizedek on his way to Mount Moriah. Next thing, you see the cherishing floor on Mount Moriah. Then you will see Golgotha, which is where Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. Mount Moriah. That was the same Mount Moriah in which Abraham, who was going to perpetuate the blessing for the generation, was supposed to alter up his sacrifice. Now, the Bible says, for, so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God constantly lives on that mountain of Moriah because God always gives instead of always receiving. So God is saying that those who is going to use and perpetuate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in their generation will be people who will live constant life of sacrifice. Because this is where Jesus died. He was upon this mountain, he died. Upon the same mountain of sacrifice. He was upon the same mountain. Listen, the substitutionary work of Christ first took place with Abraham. Abraham was supposed to give up his only son. The lamp showed up. Remember the Bible says, behold the lamp that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So the lamp that was slain upon the Mount Moriah by Abraham was a prototype of the slain of Jesus. That is why Jesus was going to die on that same mountain so that he can receive us all. This is the highest sacrifice that those, God are going, God, those who God will use for their generation must be people who are living a life of sacrifice. Listen, God will not perpetuate any man if he's not willing to sacrifice. God will not perpetuate any man. So God is saying, can you take your meal plan upon Mount Moriah? You, can you hear what I'm saying? I'm not talking about start your meal plan. God is saying the meal plan must happen upon Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah actually just represents what? The sacrifice. Jesus had the anointing beyond measure. The Bible says, and the, uh, the devil tempted him to the wilderness, and he went to fast 40 days and 40 nights. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. All right. He played his life upon that place of sacrifice. When he was at Gethsemane, he was going to die. He saw the pain of the cross. What did he say? He said, God, this cup is too heavy, but nevertheless, let thy will be done. Go and check through scriptures. Every person God used in their generation were people who lived lives of sacrifice and allowed themselves for God to perpetuate them. God is not looking for people who want to feed in Babylon, but want to be perpetuated through Babylon. God is looking for people who upon this mountain... And that mountain is the mountain of sacrifice. That same mountain is called the mountain of teaching, which means there are certain things God will teach you upon that mountain. Let me say something to you. Do you realize that the conversation, if you go and read that verse of scripture that we read, Genesis chapter 14, verse 22 to the end, 
you will see that the conversation God now had with Abraham after he was willing to obey what God had said, the conversation changed. Why? Because he was willing to sacrifice. This is where we will feed from first before we start talking about the meal diet. Is somebody here when I'm talking to you today? This is the point in which we are going to start from first. Which means, as a believer, when you are fasting, you are not fasting because they are punishing you. You are fasting because you know that you are upon Mount Moriah and sacrifice must occur first. Let me tell you something, guys. If they told you that this gospel was very easy, it's a blunted lie. The gospel is not an easy gospel, it's a gospel of sacrifice. The Bible talked about people like John who went to the wilderness and fed locusts and wild honey. They had their own meal plan upon their own mountain. And God is looking for people who is going to use in their generation. Look at me, everyone, and I want to say something very powerful right here. Do you know that the story of the guy I shared earlier in this message when I started about the guy that did that stuff? Do you know that God is looking for somebody amongst you and because there are several many other people like that that are thinking that same thought at this moment. But God is looking for somebody like you who will stand against Babylon from consuming that guy. But you, you are too busy doing other things than to allow God to perpetuate you. And the very people in which God wants to use to stand against Babylon are the people who are just so distracted doing other things. And God is saying that if you want me to use you, you have to use, I have to use you upon Mount Moriah. Upon the altar, upon the mountain of sacrifice. This is where I use people from. Except the weight of grain falls to the downs ground and dies. It abides alone. This is the point. This is the intersection point. Go back there, please, media. This is the intersection point with Abraham and Melchizedek. This is the exact same point. Listen, all of us, we are Christians today. We are believers today. We are in Christ today. We are born again today. We are talking about the next conference today. We are loving God today. You know why? Because somebody paid the highest price, Jesus. Upon that same Mount Moriah, he looked at the cross and despised the shame of the cross and said, it is finished. Even though they slapped at him to scorn, they pierced him on the side, they put vinegar in his mouth, they despised him, but he went through the pain of that sacrifice so that he can redeem all us back to the Father. Glory be to God. And so God is saying that can you come up either. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, come up either. Come up either. Can we please for once stop this gospel of need? Can I talk to you, church? Can we please for one stop this me, 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 me and talk about for God so loved the world? God is looking for Abraham. Listen, it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. 120 years. Let me tell you something. I noticed that God, when he's searching for anyone he can use, the first thing he looks for is the heart. And that heart must, not should, 
must be the heart of sacrifice. Babylon would not fall because Babylon only falls upon Mount Moriah. All right. Isaiah chapter 2. Let me show you there. <laughs> you know the scripture we read earlier? Look at me, everyone. You know the scripture we read earlier? The Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 18, verse 10, that Babylon will fall in one hour. Did you see that scripture? Did you see it? Okay, I will show you how that will happen. All right. Turn to Isaiah chapter 2, verse... All right, let's look at verse 2. Verse 2. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, read. In Israel, what was the highest mountain? Moriah. Read it again. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall what? Shall what? Shall what? Upon what? Where? Come, no, no, there's no right or wrong answer, guys. Where? Wait now. Is there now? Top of the mountains. Let's start again. I'm going somewhere. Maybe because of the way I'm saying it. People are like, is this guy trying to get us or something? All right, let's take it again. And it shall come to pass. One, two, ready, read. Yeah. Shall be established. Pause there. Where is this top of the mountain he's talking about? Where is he talking about? He's talking about two things. Mount Moriah, which means the mountain of sacrifice and the mountain of teaching. It means that Babylon cannot fall until a people that is taught. It's a combination of the discipled and the sacrificial lamps that will fall this mountain down. Did you hear what I just said? That's how Babylon will fall. Babylon don't fall by confession, no. Babylon is system structures built from... You get it back. That's the gospel. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? You, no, see this message of today's message. You have to go and listen to it again. You cannot understand. I know somebody just looking at me. But you have to go and listen to it. You will understand it. That was what Jesus taught his people. He said, see, those who keep their life shall lose it. But those who sow their life, they shall find it. Can I teach you the higher life is the life of sacrifice. It was upon this mountain. That's why by the time they got into the... Do you know that? The Bible says they threw them... Do you know what it means for, for somebody to put you close to the fire? And they followed, though. They didn't even say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, if it's there, they say, oh, yeah, now joke, I did now. <laughs> now joke, okay, now, no worry. They said, let's go. Let's go. If God would not save us, then let us not be saved. Did you hear the response of Abraham? His son said, Baba, where are you taking me to now? He said, don't worry. We will go, but God will find for himself a lamp, but we will go first. Are you hearing it? 
don't worry, God will, that's the highest form of faith. If that's what Esther said. Are you seeing the kind of people God, God uses? Esther said, don't worry, I will go before the king. If I perish, I perish, but I will go before the king. Those are the God of people God perpetuates. You want to bring the revival of God to your generation? Come to Mount Moriah. So, God has realized that I can't really do much because I'm limited, not because they are not men. The problem is not men. It's sacrifice, sacrificial people. You read that scripture that Pastor Sobi shared with us that I found no man to till the ground. Who is going to till it? And just because you come to church and worship God doesn't mean you have started your meal plan. Because there's a difference between church coming and discipleship. What Jesus taught was discipleship. Coming to church is one thing. Being discipled is another thing. Disciples are people who would then say, I will leave my boat. Follow me and show me how to make me fishers of men. Require sacrifice. Don't look at that Peter, James, and John and say, these boys were just... Ru-. Do you know the level of sacrifice those guys did? High level. Jesus looked at one and said, let the dead bury the dead. And he left his father and followed Jesus. That is discipleship. The problem of the church, you want to hear it today? It's not that we don't have, I mean, look at people in the new. If we move, if I share a new vision, I want us to move to another level, we grow this church. But I, church statistics shows that in every church, only 10% of the church are discipled. Others are church comers. But God doesn't use church goers. He uses disciples. That is why the 12th, were the ones he committed the gospel to their hands. He didn't commit the gospel to the hands of the multitude, though. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did somebody hear what I just said now? Aha. The gospel is not committed to the multitude. It's committed to the twelve. But the twelve must sit on the mountain with him. The twelve must sit on the mountain with him. They must sit on the mountain on number one, sacrifice, Number two, teaching. The Bible says how Jesus began to teach and to do. Did you see that? Uh I don't want to be a churchgoer. The Bible says, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. It's one thing to be a churchgoer. It's one thing to be a disciple. Because see, when trouble comes, multitudes will run. It's only disciples that will stand up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why Jesus looked at Peter and said, upon this rock would I build my church. He didn't look at the multitude. They don't commit gold and, and, and they don't cast their, spine, their, 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 their pearls rather before swines. A generation is not given to a multitude. A generation is given to a disciple. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, don't, so all this prayer, God, just 
Use me for my generation. Use me for my... If you continue my words, then ye are my disciple indeed. That's what God is looking at. Okay? Are you, this one, is this a disciple? This is a church goer. This is a church goer. This one is not a disciple. That's why when Jesus was going to be with the Lord, in Matthew chapter 28, he didn't appear to the multitude. He appeared to his disciples. Acts 1 verse 3. Look at that scripture. Acts 1 verse 3. Let's go there. Lord, prepare me a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be your living Look at this. Acts 1 verse 3. Let's go there quickly. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom. Who was he talking to there? Who was he dissecting things pertaining to the kingdom? To Multitude? You don't give things pertaining to the kingdom to the crowd. You can teach them the works of God, but you can't show them the ways of God. Because the crowd only wants to see the works. There was healing in church today. I broke through today. I saw this today. But to know his ways is people in Mount Moriah. <laughs> that is why Moses would always be ahead of the other Israelites because they saw his works. But they didn't know his ways. It's up to you. If you want to know his ways or you want to know his works, it's one to you. Because when storm comes, it is those that know his ways, oh. not those that see the works. Oh. Because the Israelites would always keep crying for more works. That is why every time they get to a place, they will say, God, you would have, Moses, you would have left us here now, you would have left us here now. They were used to works. But those that know his ways, Ah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Every 50 years, 40, 50 years, they say that there's a new wave that happens across the nation of the earth. A new set of people are ordained and anointed. It's like a 50, 40 years wave. I've been saying this thing since I became pastor of this church three years ago. That God is anointing new people. I keep saying it. That's always been my message. That in our generation, God, and I, when I say anointing, I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about those in business, um, you know, um, politics, whatever it is. God is anointing new Daniels. But the new Daniels must be people who, number one, are on the mountain of teaching. Number two, on the mountain of sacrifice. Because a generation cannot be entrusted into your hands if you have not yet sacrificed on Mount Moriah. Did you hear what? You know the difference between Eli and Moses? And Eli and, um, uh, Eli, pardon me, and Abraham. Abraham had given up his son. Oh yeah, let us give him sacrifice. Came up to Mount Moriah. Let's give this son away. 
The Bible says, God said, I will keep the blessing in the house of Abraham because I know it will teach his children. It will perpetuate the gospel. It will pass on this blessing. Eli could not talk to his children. He could not talk to his children. Even by the time, go and read that scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 3. By the time Samuel came to him and he said to him what God said, he asked, in fact, he put the guy as a ransom. He said, tell me what God said. Tell me what God said. He eventually, you know his response. He said, he is God. Let him do what he wills. That is not a word of somebody who is on the mountain of sacrifice and the mountain of teaching. You will see the difference. When that same kind of situation happened with Abraham, when they were going to kill the whole of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham went back to God and said, if you are really God now, come on, you can't do this kind of thing. If you find 50 people, will you still kill? He said, no, I will not. Can you see conversation? He was on Mount Moriah. He knew the ways, not the works. May you not only know his works, though. Dulcie said a very powerful prayer. I, Psalm 65. He said, blessed is the man who causes, who, who God causes to approach him. You know, it was only Moses that saw the side of God. The Israelites were at the down, they were at the, they were at the downstairs. <laughs> mending, mending jewelries and gold that they got from, Israel, from Egypt. That God himself gave them all. Can you see human being? So when people pray that, Lord, if you make me a multi-billionaire, I will do so much for the gospel. God is just looking at you. Say, I won't, I won't do it yet. Because I see your heart. The same thing I give to you, you are going to make it altar unto bow. But you might be, I might have brought you out. You might be testifying because they were singing. You know, Miriam took them out and they were singing cross and songs of the Lord. You can be singing songs of the Lord, but what is really in your heart is to make altars unto bow with what God has given to you. What is really in your heart is to make altars unto bow. You might be singing, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You have done a great work, but what is in your heart? But the people, the people God would use are people who are now on the mountain. You know what Moses said? He said, show me your glory. See, we are all serving the same God, but our revelation of him is very different. I hope you know. There is a level of show me your glory. And there is a level of use him to show me your glory. Did you hear that? Uh There is a level of show. (laughs) There is a level of, Lord, now show me your glory. There is a level of, Lord, use him to show me your glory. The Israelites were downstairs. Let me keep using downstairs because I like that downstairs. And Moses was seeing glory. He was seeing glory. They, they wanted the works. See, if you live your life for manna, manna, if that's what you are living your life for, to eat manna, where somebody else is using the rod to part red seas, but you, you are eating manna. Not only that, because manna people always complain. Because when they don't see the works of God, they complain. But in the works of God, or in the ways of God, are embedded the works of God. That is why when some things happen, you know that this is the works of God because you understand his ways. So you don't just respond, ah, why is this? No, you know that, ah, works alone, Lele. You know why you can respond like that? Because you know his ways. I want to see your face. You see, that song is very powerful. I want to know your ways. 
<laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. May you know the Lord. Ah, ayalabaha. There's a glory cloud right here. Thank you, Lord. Alahalahata. So I can leave your days. Have you heard of the Mount Transfiguration before? When Moses and Elijah, which represent the Lord, the prophets, showed up to Jesus. Why didn't they come to meet them downstairs? Why was it in the mountain they came to meet them? Secret things are showing upstairs. <laughs> Not downstairs, though. Secret things. It's upstairs. That's the viewing center. It's upstairs. You know what Jesus said? He said, don't tell anybody what you have seen here. You know why? Because when I go, because you have come up either with me, you will be the one to teach them. Those who always come up either would always teach the generation. You want to be ahead in your generation? Come up either. You will teach them what you see upstairs. May God find you as a man he can use. May God find you as a man he can use. See, guys, can I talk to you from my heart this morning? Can I talk to you from my heart? I am not moved by your constant coming to church. It doesn't move me at all. Even the devil comes to church now. There are people who come to church and they are, they are planning to come and steal somebody's phone now. So... So it's not the numbers. Jesus said, go into all the world, Matthew 28, 18, and make disciples of all nations. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to do censors in church. Church censor. How many people came to church? Or how many church, how many members do we have globally across the world in the church? It's coming for disciples. Disciples. Because it's only disciples that can fight Babylon. How do you even want to stand against Babylon when you don't know the operating manual of Zion? <laughs> how do you want to fight? How, how do you want to do it? You don't even know the operating manual of Zion. The operating manual of Zion is not just the Lord is my shepherd. Though. There's a way of living in Zion. There's a way of living. One more thing I want to talk about, two more things. One of the things that was so powerful at the next conference, if you pay attention very closely, you will see that there was something about communities that was being said over and over and over and over again. 
if you look at the life of Daniel as a prototype of this new dispensation, you would see also that Daniel, the reason why Daniel could stand the way he stood was because of the communities that he was in. Go and look at Daniel chapter 3 or Daniel chapter 4. You will see that when they were going to interpret the dream of the king, the Bible says Daniel went back to his companies and told them what the king had said and they offered up prayers to God. Acts chapter 4. When the disciples were being disturbed and being trashed and being beaten and all of those things, the Bible says they went back to their companies. And they were filled again with the Holy Ghost. They went back to their companies. How did they hit the range? And the people imagine a vain thing. They read Psalms again. That was what happened there. In their companies. That was where the victory happened. There was no victory in isolation. You must live in companies. This is why I want to say something very powerful here. Very powerful this morning. Listen to this very closely. You remain a target until you find a company. You remain a target until you find a company. I said to you before, Jesus was going to feed 5,000 people. He told them, sit in companies because their feeding was supposed to be spread amongst them in their companies. Your food is in your company. This was what Pastor Bojo was talking about, about intercession that the church will become more powerful. Let me tell you something, friends. I stand before God today, and I've said this over and over and over again. Every single time in my life, you know, I'm standing here, and I can't say some things. Every single time in my life, I broke through into a level. It happened because I stayed in intercession with some of my friends. I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories that we will gather together like this from 2000, when, when did we start that thing? 2001 or something? 2002. You have forgotten. What did you finish with in school? Um, Pastor Tosi, you remember? No, Pastor Tosi, you don't remember. Pastor Tosi, you remember? Ah, Pastor Tosi, stand up. Come and sit. Ah, but you know, I've said I won't be whining Pastor Tosi again. But your spirit just keeps drawing me to whine. Just calls me. Babe, can you remember? Oh, I say I marry wives. Eh? My wife, remember? I'm just joking now. 2012, yeah? Every year in December, a few of my friends and I we would go from like four or five days. We'll go all the way to Kenaland and just stay there. Just praying. I've shared a story with you. I'm telling you about the power of companies. That's if you write the right company, no. Aha. It's not the company that they say, let us pray, but they will play Shebomo Jesu Niwa. Even Mate Shumole, as their ill song. You know, now we do all sorts. Bless uh-huh. Amen. Shebomo Jesu Niwa. He said, but they mentioned God, though. It's very powerful, Shebomo Jesu Anyway, one time I shared the story before, but I want to buttress something here. One time, the job I was in before, 
um, my boss came to me and said to me that, oh, because, I, I mean, after my boss, I was the second highest earner, and so I had a lot of beef in that organization, lots of beef, because not just only that, I would resume 10 and close by 4. I had some very ridiculous, you know, agreements with them. So I resumed 10, so I was just being beefed by so many people because my boss, my boss really liked me. So I think, so one day I had a dream, and in the dream, I saw my boss waking up, um, I said waking up, called us into a board meeting, and as we got into that board meeting, she said that, oh, Shala, some, some, something, we're going to reduce your salary by 50% or something like that. I can't remember full details and all of that, and that was it. So I woke up, went to work, prayed about it, real life story. As I got to work, they were having a board meeting, exactly the same thing I saw in my dream. So I entered there, I knew that, hey, today is today. You know, there are some times where you have some kind of encounter, when you pray, you know that this thing has switched. But sometimes when you just leave it, you just feel like, ah, this thing is going to happen. So I got in there, I knew that it has done. So my boss started looking at me, I said, ah, it has done. So she told me, she called me to her office, said, okay, this, that, that, you know, they are going to, you know, have to reduce my salary by 50%. It's going to be effective immediately. Ah, you know, I said, oh, there's nothing you can do about it, da, 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 da. And so she said that, and I said, okay, and I left. I was driving, I will never forget. My, oh, my old under, I was driving, brrr, and it just dropped in my spirit how the apostles went back to their company and they offered up prayers to God, and there was a shaking. So I picked up my phone, I called a few of my friends. I said, this is what is going on, and right there, I got an accommodation. I said, where are you people? They said, we are, ah, come, 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 there's fire on the mountain. See, when there's fire on the mountain, it requires fire response. It's not when you have a problem, you are still drinking Zobo on your problem. And you are taking tapioca on it. You, are you hear what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. The power of a company is sometimes powerful than when you fast three years by yourself. Because it is actually called a corporate anointing. The Bible says one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. When you guys come together to pray, have you been to prayer meetings before? You are cold, you are not on fire for God. You are just, you are weak, you are just hearing all sorts of nonsense and crap. The moment you step into church, the atmosphere is so charged. People are praying. And as you step into, you just join in that flow. It's almost as though you have been like that all day long. Has that happened to you before? That's the power of corporate gathering. Everybody brings their own grace. Everybody brings their own anointing. You know that it's not only the pastor that has an anointing. Do you know that? Say after me, I have the anointing in me. And it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And it's in me. And so... Come and say so. so. I can permeate it anywhere I go. And so what I did, I called my first trader. I said, you people don't go more, don't go more. There's problem more. So we went and booked this hotel and stood there a night. And we were just praying. We were praying, 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 praying. The next morning I, we slept off. Everybody went back to their work and all that. You see, I said something. That's if you have good friends though. Because some of them, you call some of your friends. They'll say, ah, it's not a big deal now. It's not a big deal. They will even give you crooked ways to get it done. So I got there. The next morning, the Lord dropped an idea in me. The Lord told me to speak to one of my friends to come up with a presentation. 
I wasn't really good with PowerPoints at that time. And so I came up with the idea by the Spirit of the Lord through that night, answered to prayers. Went back to my friend. He put the presentation for me together. The next day, I sent a text to my boss. I said, Ma, I would like to speak to you. I said, is it about your money? I said, no, Ma, but yes, Ma. You know why you, because I know she would not give me audience. I said, said, okay, give me a time. I went to her, just in her office, because I knew that's the only corner I can corner her. I did the presentation for her. I said, this is what we're going to do. If I do this, I do this, and do this, we're going to move this company, da, da, da. I saw, you know, when you are get, gaining points, you will know. When they start changing their leg like this, they are doing like this, they are at the rest, you know that, ah, what to get, what to get, delay. So I just kept on going, get on going, get on going. When she finished, let me tell you something. The moment I finished with the presentation, she looked at me. She said, this is a very powerful presentation. She said, are you sure you can get this thing done? I said, yes. Are you sure you can get this thing done? I said, yes. Are you sure you can get this thing done? I said, yes. I said, but the wisdom of God has dropped. I said, but there's a difference I need now. I said, not only do I need my salary restored, I need it increased by 50%. Let me tell you something. Not only that. I said, not only that, I want one day off before I was going to work four times a week. Have you seen that kind of nonsense? Where they are paying you that kind of money, you are only going four times in a week, and they are giving you, you are supposed to resume 10 and close by four. I said, now what I want, I want to resume three times in a week. I will start by 10 and close by four. And you'll be paying for my fuel anytime I come. I said, is that it? Is that it? I said, yes. Right there, I got it. Listen, it was not the prayer of my pastor. It was the company that brought it to me. Did you hear what I just said? This is the response of Jesus. The moment the Bible says, and Jesus saw their faith. You remember the, guy, the story of that guy? When Jesus saw them, they carried the guy, tore everything down, the four guys. The Bible says, and Jesus saw, is it his faith? Is it his faith? That was the only place in the Bible just saw people's faith. That's to tell you that people's faith can connect together on a matter. The power of company. So, go and find the right companies. Because some of you, you are in the wrong company. Because you are in the same church doesn't mean you are in the same company, no. Uh -huh. We have some communities in the new. Pastor T, Abideto, yes or no? So, is someone paying attention to this, this darkness? All right. We have some communities in the new. Yes or no? All right. Be a part of that community. One of the things that's going to be happening in those communities now is intercession, prayer. We're going to break some of those communities together now. You know, I hear 30 people. No, we're not doing 30 people. We'll break it down. Smaller groups. Smaller groups. Join communities. I'll tell you something. My wife is here and she can bear witness. Every time in my life I want to break into a new dimension, I organize prayers with my friends. I'm telling you. Because I know the prophecies that come out Number three, which is the final thing. I've touched on it already. Discipleship. Discipleship. Um, Ellie, are you the one that's supposed to show the presentation that I asked for? There's a website of something we are doing. All right. All right. All right. So discipleship. Finally. I said finally so many times. Let me close with this one. Um... How many of you have been blessed today? Yes, sir. Do you feel fed? Yes, sir. 
All right. The concept, look at me everyone, this is a very powerful thing I want to say as I close. The concept of fatherhood, and I even myself had to learn that again, is one that I believe that the devil has used a lot um, in this generation, particularly with women and ladies. And so, there are many people who are living a life of isolation. And that's as a result of the fact that some of them, it's their growing up, their upbringing, they never really had, and as I'm speaking about the Spirit, I just want the Lord to just speak to you. They never really had like a strong father figure in their lives or people who they can really look at and say that this person is like a father figure to me. And unfortunately, there are many other people who actually did have that kind of father figure in their lives, but events happened and things happened and the father figure became a monster and probably just disappointed your trust and broke your heart. And if you look at the reports in the world right now for our generation, one of the major missing link in our generation is actually the father figure. If you look at women, men, and that's just to let you know that, which is still taking me back to the community thing that I said, that the, do you know that the first institution God created was not the church, was actually the family institution, Adam and Eve. That's the first institution he created, communities. And many of us, we do not have that person or those people we can go to and talk to. And there are many orphans yet with fathers in our generation. Let me say it again. There are many orphans yet with father in our generation. Fatherhood is beyond buying you clothes and buying you shawarma or tapioca at this age. Fatherhood is discipleship. That they can look at the gold in you and take you through the fire and bring out the real gold in you. Every precious jewel on the earth has to go through the refining process to come out better. And many people, we live in the generation where people want to be fathers or want to be submitted to people who are popular. But there was something DDK said which was so powerful that from amongst you, there are father figures. It's not by age. And so there are people who look at fatherhood, and I'm going somewhere with this, and see it as, oh, Bishop, you know, when we were on campus, there were people who said Miles Moreau was their father in the Lord. Miles Moreau. Abby, Pastor. There are people who say it's Ken Hagen, that, that doesn't even know their father's son name. 
<laughs> we always aspire to perspire, to transpire, to retire. Nonsense. By the way, don't come and be speaking all those kind of grammar with me again. Those not motivational grammar. Anyway. <laughs> but the Lord is calling every one of us in this church this morning to a season of discipleship. I share this scripture with you again and I'm going to share it as I close. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Daily as I live, often as I breathe, let my whole life. All right, let me get out of your face quickly. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let who? Let who? Let who? Stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation, spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Next verse. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to inhabited. Next verse, last one. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. But you see, all these good things that we just read now, are these nice promises? Do you like these promises from God? Go back to Isaiah 54 verse 2. Here is the answer. Enlarge the place of thy tents, and let them, let them, Stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation. It means that, no, go to verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, For thou shalt break forth on the right and on the left. It means that if you are believing for a breaking forth and you don't let the dam stretch forth or stretch you forth, there is no breaking forth. Because it's a dam that must stretch you so that you can break forth. We live in a generation of people who don't want the dam to stretch them, but they want to break forth. There is no breaking forth until the dam stretch you. And that dam is discipleship. So, if you want to be a church goer, stop coming to the new. Look at me, everyone. If you want to just come to church, stop coming. Let me say it again. If you want to just come to church, you don't want any social affiliation, and you just want to come to church, you just want to... I just want to come to church and just serve my God and love my God. We are not in church to serve your God alone and love your God. You are in church to confront Babylon and that must be done. Mountain of what? Teaching and what? Sacrifice. Our generation, let's pray, shall praise your name.
We'll just sing some worship songs as we close. Raise your hands. Our generation shall praise your name. Our generation shall praise your name. Our generation, our Raise your hands to God. Our generation shall praise your name. Praise your name. Our generation sing. And holy. Tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. One more time. Lord, prepare me. A sanctuary tried and true and we thanksgiving And daily as I leave And often as I bring That my whole life Raise your two hands to God and just sing to Him Often as I breathe Let my whole life Raise it up. We cry, Abba Father. Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We cry, Abba Father. Raise it up. One more time. Oh, we cry, my Father. Hallowed be your name, your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. 
I have more than a song today. I broke myself. I am your sacrifice. I am your sacrifice. I am more than a song today. I broke my. Yes, Lord.
Can you make some noise to the King of Zion? Today, just put it all over your social media, everywhere, the King of Zion. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.